0: The scripture reading is found in the Gospel of Luke, um, chapter 20, and in the handout, it just goes through um, 27 through 40, but the reading will go through 49, so if you want to read it in your Bible, it's on page 880 in the Bible. Luke um, Luke 20, verses 27 through 45. There came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, and they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as a wife. And Jesus said to him, to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. For they cannot die anymore, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him any question. But he said to them, How can they say that the Christ is David's son? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. David thus calls him Lord, so how is he his son? And in the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes, and love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Let's return to the scripture we read with Mary just a few moments ago from Luke chapter 20. We read from Luke 20, 27 through 49, but we will be focused on verses 27 through 40. And then our, and then next week, take up with the last part of the 20th chapter. If you're visiting, we're in a, we're in a study in the gospel according to Luke. We've been here for, for a long time. We've gone scene by scene verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We're in the 20th chapter, and this is a chapter of confrontation. Uh, If you haven't been here the last several Sundays, go back and read uh, the entire chapter, and you'll see it. Three different groups of people that were very opposed to Jesus. These just weren't theological debates happening. These uh, three different groups were trying to trap Jesus. Uh, They wanted... Uh, they wanted him before the Sanhedrin. They wanted him before Pilate. They wanted to turn him over to the Romans. Uh, This was a serious confrontation. And uh, we have looked at the first two, the first two groups that confronted him. And this morning, a group of political group, powerful religious group called the Sadducees, uh, came to confront Jesus uh, and try to trap him. Uh, Before we look at this passage, let's pray together uh, and ask the Jesus who was there, uh, who spoke to the Sadducees that day, so powerful, let's ask him to speak to us this morning. Let's pray together. Our Father, we bow before you. We're opening your word. And John Sartell's not able to teach it so that it will make any difference in our lives. He can't open our eyes to see. He can't open our ears to hear. He can't change our hearts to receive you. We pray that you would speak to us this morning, Father. We've heard your voice in this room in the past. We're not the same people that we were. You've changed us. Lord's day after Lord's day. Sometimes the change has been imperceptible, but the change has been there. Father, we yearn to hear your voice this morning again. Father, for those that have never heard, we pray that this morning they will hear the voice of their God, of their creator, of their sustainer and their redeemer. I pray that they will hear it for the first time. Our Father, before you this morning, we come as priests praying for the world around us. We thank you for Vicki Anderson, how you have blessed her in these treatments and how you've you've given her the physical strength to tolerate those treatments. We pray that they will be effective and that she would become free of this cancer completely. Bless Jim Bennington, Father. We thank you that he is where he is. Thank you for the safety that he now enjoys. We pray that, Father, you would bless him in these days and strengthen him. Strengthen him physically, but strengthen him most, Father. Strengthen him spiritually. We thank you for Sidney Wickens that he, she is here this morning. And we thank you for the healing that you've brought about at her knee. We pray for little Lakeland Campbell this morning, Father. We pray that you would heal her. Uh, father, bring just a complete healing, and we pray that there would be no complications in this. And now, Father, once again, we open your word. We ask that as children speak to a father, we would just say, Father, please teach us. Please teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. And the message this morning is a bit different. I, I want to back away and look at the scene, the, the whole scene. Now, as we look at it, we'll go through the details, and you'll understand the details. should understand the details. But instead of going through the details, I want us to stand off and make several observations of what's taking place. A transcendent Jesus in the midst of a provincial world. Without any introduction, I want to come to the first observation this morning. That as Jesus is confronted with these Sadducees, really what's happening is the educated modern of the first century is meeting timeless truth from the word of God. Here's the Sadducees, here's Jesus. What is happening, the educated modern of the first century is meaning the timeless truth of God's word. Who were these Sadducees? Look at verse 27. Some of the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection. In Acts 23, 8, in your scripture sheet, we read of these Sadducees. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. In Jerusalem, in Israel at that time, the two most powerful groups were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They made up that Jewish governing body, the Sanhedrin. The Sadducees were a smaller group than the Pharisees, but they were powerful, but they didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the spiritual world, in heaven, in hell, the resurrection. They really discounted the books of the prophets, the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. They focused on the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, the Torah. They didn't believe. They didn't look, look at the Torah and see angels or a spiritual world or heaven or hell or resurrection. E.F. Schumacher was a, a German economist. Uh, he was visiting Soviet Russia when the Communist Party was still in power, he was visiting Leningrad. Schumacher said that he had a map of Leningrad to to, to help him in his efforts to tour the city. But he said the map was useless sometimes because what was on paper did not fit at all what he was seeing. It didn't fit what was taking place before his eyes. He said that that on one occasion he was standing there and here were several huge Russian Orthodox churches and they weren't anywhere on the map. And and he turned to the tourist guide that had been assigned to him under the Communist Party and said, how come these churches are not on this map? And the guide told him that simple, We don't show churches on our maps. We don't believe in them. They were communists. They were atheists. And they refused to acknowledge the church in any way, even on their maps. Well, the map of the Sadducees, if you you gave them a map of their faith, the map of their Bible, it was a map without the spiritual, without angels, without heaven, without hell, without life after death, without the resurrection. The the truth of scripture, God's word would say these men lived in an incredibly small world compared to the world we see in scripture. This morning, it's an irony. This is the greatest. I love this picture. Here comes these very provincial men that say there's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no spiritual world. They did believe in God, but he was far, far, far distant. And they come to meet with Jesus. And who is Jesus? He is the transcendent son of God. Come from a heaven in which they don't believe. Knowing personally all the angels. And they're confronting him. Who were the Sadducees? They were educated educated to the hill. They had gone to the best schools of their day. They were people of wealth. Their group was small in number but wielded great power. They counted themselves, and this is important, modern. They understood the philosophies of Greek, of Greece and Rome. They were well equipped to deal with the Greek philosophies and the modern reality of the Roman power. They considered themselves modern in that world. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They did not believe in any continuation of life after death. Go back and look at Acts 23, 8 again. The Sadducees say there's no resurrection, and there are neither angels nor spirits. We have, we don't call them that. There's Sadducees all around us today. When you encounter the secular skeptic, or even skeptics inside the church, and we in our day have have seen uh, the church, major denominations deny the reality of heaven and hell, deny the the reality of the incarnation in this vast spiritual world, and when we say to either the religious skeptic, or say to the secular skeptic, you know, why do you believe as you do? They will say, we live in a modern world. We no longer believe in the resurrection and angels or a spiritual world. And we've, heard, we've heard this all of our lives from the world around us. They would say that it's passe, it's antique to believe in the reality of heaven and hell. To believe in the reality of angels. Really, you believe in angels? You believe God actually became flesh? How can you believe such things? People who believe such things are country bumpkins who, are without any benefit of the thoroughly cosmopolitan and modern education, now whether we like it or not, that's what most of our secular culture around us is saying. But I must say, when when the world says that to me. When the world says that to us, we must ask them, well, what about these Sadducees? You say that the reason you no longer believe these things is that you're modern. What about these Sadducees? They lived 2,000 years before your modern age. They lived 2,000 years ago, and they were saying the same thing that you're saying. Exactly. You, you see, the secular skeptic in our day, Confuses his unbelief with being modern. He credits this modern age and his education for his unbelief. Now, it's interesting. In Matthew's version of this scene, Jesus says something that's not recorded in Luke. And I want you to look at it. Matthew 22, 29. But Jesus answered them, You're wrong. Because you neither... You know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Jesus doesn't say your problem is that you are modern. He says your problem is that you don't believe scripture and you don't believe the power of God. Circle that, underline it, think about it. All week long, think about it. Jesus said the reason you're in error is because you are not paying attention to the truth that is truth in every century, in every modern age. In every age, folks, from the very beginning, in every age, there have been the secular skeptic who has said, Hath God said? No, we have That's what Satan said in the garden, remember, when he was talking to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, you... Are you really serious? God, you really believe God said that? Few skeptics have been honest enough to admit the real reason for their views. Few have been honest enough to say it has nothing to do with being modern. It has nothing to do with being educated. Aldous Huxley was an exception. He was an atheist, an unbeliever. He wrote a piece called Ends and Means. And in that work, he made an amazing confession. And this is what he wrote. Please listen to it. This is Aldous Huckland, the atheist, saying, This is why I don't believe in these things. I had motives for not wanting the world to have meaning. For myself, meaningless was essentially liberation from a certain political and economic system and liberation from a certain system of morality. We objected to the morality because it interfered with our sexual freedom. Sexual freedom. What was that actually saying? I wanted to live life like I wanted to live it. And I was damn well going to do it. That's what he was saying. I'm an atheist. Because I don't want to live this other way. The next time someone tells you they don't believe in life after death or heaven or hell or angels or whatever, because they're educated, modern, you have an answer. Go back and say, let me show you these Sadducees. They lived 2,000 years ago. They said the exact same things you said. Don't hide behind it being modern. You could also add to the name of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Stoics. Of Greece, or you could add the Marcus Aurelius of Rome. It's nothing new. The first thing the first answer is what about the Sadducees? What about th- this has been true in every age there's been people that said this. Secondly, you must say this. What, what about the geniuses? What about the brilliant professors? leaders and teachers at MIT, Harvard, Oxford, Cambridge, who believe in the reality of heaven, who believe in the reality of hell, who believe God did invade, who believed, who believed scripture. You have in this confrontation, and we need to see it this morning badly. The educated modern of the first century was meeting the timeless truth of God's word, and that's what's happening in our day. Secondly, second observation about this scene, the closed world of the ethical skeptic met the expansive, powerful, spiritual world of the Son of God. Let me say it again. The closed world of the ethical skeptic met the expansive, powerful, spiritual world of the Son of God. Look at verse 27. Some of the Sadducees who say there's no resurrection came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us. They saw Moses was their supreme authority. The first five books were the word of God. They saw Moses as the lawgiver, the father of their ethical system. They were open. Now here it is. They were open to what Moses said about the law and ethics, but ignored the expansive, powerful spiritual world which Moses understood. Remember? Remember? They did not believe in angels. Moses did. The angels are right there in the Pentateuch. In Genesis 3, God sent the cherubim to block man's return to Eden. In Genesis 18 19, the angels were there when God moves to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. What was it? You know, they didn't believe in the miraculous. What was it that guided Israel through the wilderness? You You had this massive cloud, something natural and supernatural at the same time during the day, and you had this this pillar of fire at night. Moses understood that. What did Jesus say to them? You're wrong because you know not the scriptures. They bought into the ethical system. They bought into the ethical system of Moses. We'll take the ethics, but leave off all this other stuff. And Jesus was saying to them, you're the ones that are quoting Moses. You're the ones that are saying this is the authority. And right there it is. The angels are there. The supernaturals there. That is very much what we've seen happen around us like the Sadducees for the last 60 years. People inside the church say we want the ethical system of Jesus but he's not the son of God. We want the ethical system of scripture but leave off the miracles. They scoff at the incarnation and angels and God's judgment but at least the religious secular person wants to hold on to the ethics. You can't miss this. The smallness of the Sadducees' world and this great expansive world of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just about ethics. And yet we've allowed... The world in which we live, this the world of Scripture, is this massive, wondrous world that reaches outside of this physical realm, that reaches back before creation. And we've allowed the world to convince us that we live in a small You have in this passage the closed world of the ethical skeptic meeting this expansive, powerful spiritual world of the Son of God. Thirdly, third observation. Life that ends in death met the resurrection and eternal life. Folks, this is you. This is what it's all about right here. Because that's what the Sadducees were focused on. The resurrection. They just laughed at it. Look at verse 28, teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and a wife and leaves a wife, but no children, the man, must, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and the third then married her. And in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Since the seven were married to her, Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they no longer die, for they're like angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. Now, the Sadducees use this incredibly <laughs> absurd story to come at Jesus. Do you ever think they knew a situation like this? Not on your life. Do you think they cared? No, they were simply making fun. They were laughing and telling this absurd story. Now who's whose wife she gonna be, Jesus? How did Luke introduce the Sadducees again? Some of the Sadducees who say there's no resurrection. So here they stand. No. You die, that's it, it's over. There's no resurrection. And who are they talking to? To Jesus, the Son of God. Remember when Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, died? And Jesus arrives in Bethany. And the sister of Lazarus goes out to meet with Jesus. Remember that? And she said, if you'd been here, you'd have healed him. He wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, I can do better than that. And what was it he told Martha? Look, John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Here it, were, here it was. The men of no resurrection weren't just meeting with a man who believed in the resurrection. They were meeting with the very resurrection himself. He spoke and there would be resurrection. He was the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And he spoke in detail about heaven because it was home. How did Jesus answer? This is a profound answer. Remember remember, on the, when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, we studied that in Luke. Remember that? After the confession Peter made and the disciples made that he was the son of God, he took Peter, James, and John off on the mountain and he was transfigured. And they saw the glory, something of the pre-incarnate Son of God, glory. And who was there? Who was there speaking with him? Moses was there. Moses and Elijah were there speaking with Jesus. They were alive. Now, These Sadducees didn't believe in that part of Scripture. That was, or they they believed in what Moses said, but not Elijah. What did Jesus say to them? What did Jesus say to these Pharisees, I mean to these Sadducees? Look at it. He goes back to Moses. Remember, Moses is their authority. But in the account of the bush, remember when Jesus was at the burning bush? What did even Moses showed that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. They believed this, this this Supernatural nonsense. This resurrection could not be found in the Pentateuch. And right there it was. He quoted from Psalm... Jesus was quoting from... Not Psalm. He was quoting from Exodus 3.6. Moses heard God say, I'm the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He did not say... I was the God of Abraham. Abraham's long gone. He doesn't say, I was the God of Isaac. He doesn't say, I was the God of Jacob. He said, I am the God of Abraham. And when he said that to Moses, he was saying, Abraham's alive. (laughs) I'm still his God. Isaac's alive. I'm still his God. Jacob's alive. I'm still his God. I am Abraham's God today. I'm Isaac's God today. I'm Jacob's God today. They are still living. Now people, all of us in this room, we either live in one of, we live in in one of those two worlds. We're either living in the metaphysically provincial world of the Sadducees, or we're living this great, expansive, resurrection world of Jesus Christ. Which world do you live in? If you had to answer that question this morning, honestly, which world do you live in? I stood by the grave of both of my parents. How did I stand there? Did I stand there knowing that they were with Jesus Christ? I stood at the grave of my brother, Mike, when he was killed at the age of 40. How did I stand there? Did I know he was with Christ? Did I know I would see him again? I stood by Janet bed. Breath was no longer there. Did I know that she was with Christ? Or did I live in the world of the Sadducees? I'm not asking what you say you believe. I'm not asking what I say I believe. I'm asking what do you believe? Either we live in the scriptures and in the power of God. We live knowing that we can stand in this world because somehow. Jesus, a son of God. And son of man. Invaded this world and took our sins upon himself. And died in our place in the very courtroom of God. Was sentenced to hell in our place. That's not just some ethical thing. It's not just some law. Did that really happen? Do you know that if you died today, do you know this? No matter what the sin is, and our sins are That you could stand before God himself? Before the God for whom Isaiah fell on his face and said, Woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a dead man. Because I'm a sinful man. That you can stand, that we can stand before that God and say, Who can bring a charge against me? Because Christ has died. Do you know that? That's the question. You either live in one world or the other. That's the question. As you leave this morning. As you walk away having looked at the... Do you live in the Sadducees world? Or do you live in the world of Jesus Christ? We're going to affirm where we live as we sing our closing hymn.